0: You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast.
1: Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, is the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. all the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting shonda The space that we make is never colonized. Talking games and movies that actors.
0: We're gonna shake the booties for Black Girl Nerds. Shake your for black girl nerds yeah. shake your for, black girl
1: nerds. for black girl nerds
0: thanks for tuning in to this episode of the black girl nerds podcast my name is Jamie and I am your host along with Ryan this week well ahsoka has finally ended which for all of us that are fans it's bittersweet But we are excited to talk to you yet again about another Ahsoka episode, or episodes 7 and 8 to be specific. The season finale just wrapped up this week, and we are going to talk about it. Many of you that have listened to our last episode on Ahsoka really enjoyed the conversation, so we had to revisit this once again as the series ends its first season. So... Sit back, relax, and enjoy this discussion of episodes 7 and 8 of Ahsoka on the Black Girl Nerds Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and you know, long live the empire. And as your reward, you get a zombie night trooper, and you get a zombie night trooper. Well, I mean, you know, something like that, but anyway. Why you figure out how to fight those guys, you guys, we are back by popular demand. We got episode seven and eight of Ahsoka, you guys, is over and I'm so sad, but I'm excited because I got my co-host, the lovely Jamie. How you doing,
0: Jamie? I'm doing well. It's kind of bittersweet that we're saying long live the empire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Seriously. <laughs> like, okay, this is how we're ending. But yeah, we'll get into all that. But I'm I'm yeah. so glad that we're doing another show on Ahsoka. Just a quick uh, shout out to all of you guys that are listening and really, you know, kind of consuming our feedback and our opinions on this. I just appreciate you guys. I really do because I'm a, a huge fan of Ahsoka. I'm a huge fan of the Star Wars universe in general and to hear that you guys are fans and like listening to us kind of geek out over this means a lot so just wanted to throw that out there
1: yeah thank you guys yeah we appreciate it this is so much fun for us and like me and jamie just watch whatever kind of star wars stuff comes up so the fact that you guys like to hear us vent and rant is really cool so yeah we appreciate it
0: all right so the series has ended the season finale has come and gone and we're going to talk about episodes seven and eight
1: yeah we are okay so we left off and we had so many questions and we knew seven and eight was going to do this to us right and we kind of ended like we'll kind of break this down in detail the statement about to make but we kind of ended with more questions which is also the beauty of this show if you think about it overall, because there's so many things that um, Dave Filoni and everybody, the way they kind of uh, Rosario Dawson as the helm, the way she's acted, the way he's written everything and scoped everything out. There's so many ways that this universe could go now for Star Wars. And I kind of feel like they needed this reboot, this push. So I really enjoyed the little Easter eggs, if you want to call them that, that they dropped in, in seven and eight. So, But, but before we kind of jump into it, I always like to get like an overall feel and everything. So Jamie, I'm going to toss it back to you for a little bit. How did you feel going into seven and eight? Did you get some of your questions answered like a little bit or are you still like, give me some more answers?
0: I need more answers. <laughs> I, I didn't get any <laughs> answers, question, uh, answers, <laughs> any of my questions answered because uh, I think in our last show where we talked about specifically Balin's skull and what his mm. motives are, I still don't know what his motives are it's still a huge mystery behind what he intends to do and what path he's going to take shin is pretty easy to figure out at this point i think we we know that shin is not at all um a fan of sabine and wants to destroy her as well as ahsoka um but i'm still wondering about Balin. But overall, I I loved episodes 7 and 8. I like the fact that and we'll of course go into it a little bit deeper in our discussion, but I I like how the season finale ended a little bit on like uh kind of a, like on a climax. Like it, you know, we we don't know where the fate of all of these characters are going to be. And um I like that. It it shouldn't have any kind of closure. Because we want more seasons (laughs) so exactly yeah Yeah, we want more seasons as jamie talked
1: about a lot our our last discussion it's based off rebels um so you guys can go back and kind of watch that and play around and figure out what they pulled in what they didn't pull in where you want to go with that but you know everything in the star wars universe somewhere has a tie-in you might not always know it at the at the beginning and sometimes i need to restart stuff so I think this was a really cool way for them to get it in. And, you know, shout out to Rosario Dawson, because I told you guys last episode, I would have watched anything. As soon as I saw her pop up, I was like, (laughs) let's go. And she delivered and she dived into Ahsoka, Um, you know, just seeing her interview and talk about, you know, before the strike, just the way she, you know, really got comfortable with the movement of her body and just really absorbed the character and how everybody, you know, the fans, we talked about how the fans rallied around her. Yeah, to get in this role after Mandalorian. So yeah, just, I can't, I can't brag about it up. you like, you guys are going to hear me bring it up all the way throughout us recapping this because I think she did just a fantastic uh, job along with the cast. But you know, before we get into the more about the humans on the show that kills it, um, I want to talk about these joys. I want to shout out the joys real quick because in episode seven, we got C, uh, C-3PO came comes in and he saves Hera, who we know Hera has been fighting so hard, you guys, you know, as a senator, you um, not as a senator as a general and she's been trying so hard you know to have Ahsoka's back you know she feels this threat is real of the empire nobody's listening as they never do when everything is going calm there's always those people that are like oh no you're just making up stuff you just want to use resources just to use them so she's been fighting so hard and I was like oh my god they're gonna take my girl down and Ahsoka might need her in the future but C-3PO came through And so I just wanted to give a shout out. Jamie, I don't know if you want to talk about any about the joys. We got Hu Yang as well. That's been Ahsoka's like right hand and a lot of this stuff. But yeah, the joys have been coming through on on these episodes.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I love Hu Yang. He's great. And he definitely came through with fixing the ship and getting that uh, up and running in episode eight. But back to episode seven, there was a moment where you know, the senator, and I forgot his name. I, I should have uh, written down his name because it's a, a weirdly spelled, but pronounced yeah, it's in a completely X-I-O-N-O, different way. Yeah, it's but i do okay. not it. I
1: think it's the The pronouncing, yeah. the
0: pronunciation is very odd, but he threw an insult at C-3PO and I felt some type of way about that because we need to put a little bit of respect on C-3PO. He is a legacy character yep, in this universe. And I know we're in a different timeline, um, but still, I'm like th- th- this this droid. I said, man, man droid, need to have a little respect <laughs> put on him. Because when the senator called him a mere droid, I was like, excuse me, I, I you know that 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 insulted me. And I like that moment where he calls C three PO a mere droid. And not only did C-3PO take offense, but Chopper looked like he was about to fight. Like <laughs> Hera had to hold him back a little bit. So um, yeah, y'all y'all need to put a little bit of respect on these droids in in this uh, universe because there there's nothing mere about them. They they literally have saved lives and and have been able to uphold uh, all of the characters' uh, missions very very well. So yeah, no, I, I'm not here for that
1: yeah yeah
0: I, I just like it's just
1: a disrespect when you guys know they got the knowledge you know we need them to build certain weapons and things they coming through for us it's just like you know we got some fighter droids out there but come on put some respect on the ones that's trying to help that's all we're saying
0: exactly <laughs> yeah that's true because there, there's the bad droids as well but I'm yeah. talking about I'm talking about the good ones when I say let's let's put a little respect on them but yeah yeah that 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 was a moment that took me out for a second I was like near droid excuse me, sir.
1: How dare you! (laughs) All right, okay, so let's get into the humans because we know this cast is phenomenal. We have um, Natasha playing Sabine, Um, and the reason I want to bring that up is because, um, or sorry, not let me let me back off Sabine for a little bit, get my S's confused because I'm looking at uh, Shin Hadi and Balen Scroll because I want to kind of talk about their relationship folding out into this um, (laughs) and kind of touch on a little bit what Jamie brought up. Also, hold on, let me pause. uh, Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen seven and eight, we're not gonna do like a detailed breakdown, but we're gonna talk about key moments like we did last time. So pause us and come back. Like go watch it, show your love and support, and come back in and in, uh, dive into this with us. But anyway, okay. So staying with episode seven a little bit here, uh, Balin Skull and Shin Hadi, they have this weird kind of dynamic going on. If you if you check out um in episode eight, uh, I'm sorry, episode seven, because. <sighs> You can kind of tell that Balin is wanting to play, by the way, so well by, um, rest in peace, uh, Ray Stevenson. Um, you can tell he's kind of drifting off a little bit. Like there's something else going on as far as like their connection as master and apprentice. And so yeah. he tells Shin to go off and he's like, okay, you go take care of Sabine and Ezra. You go find them. You go do your thing. And it's kind of like he was like, yeah, I'm just going to, the way I took it was, I'm just pushing you off. You go handle this. Whatever happens, happens you know, I'm kind of done. Like it kind of seemed like a cutoff point to me between those two where he was kind of distant himself. Like he had this very standoffish feel about him. And and then we also flash forward a little bit further to kind of continue with Shin's story. Um, And then I'll let Jamie kind of hop in here on her thoughts. But uh, Shin is confronted by Ahsoka in that big fight they have towards the end of the episode. And Ahsoka's like, surrender your weapon and I can help you. And you see her run off. So it's it's been this interesting kind of kind of dynamic the way these two characters kind of wrap up as we finish these or not wrap up as we kind of finish these last two episodes. So, Jamie, what are your thoughts on Shannon and uh, Balin?
0: That's an interesting observation that um, you think that he told her to go after Sabine as a way to distance himself from her. Yeah, I I, I looked at it as he wanted to have his moment with Ahsoka, um, but that 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 is an interesting perspective. I think that that the rift, as I had mentioned in the earlier podcast, is slowly forming between these two, and that we're we're definitely going to see some differences, differences, I can't even speak, <laughs> a, a difference of opinion and philosophy, and even how they're going to carry out this mission um, as we go into season two. Uh, how they plan to form that narrative, I I don't know, but you can already tell, and, and you you basically suggested this that there is a, a distance between these two, and um, that gap is widening as we speak. and we we definitely saw that in episode seven as well as episode eight. So uh, I am curious to see specifically what direction Balin goes to. That's why I'm like, there's still a big old question over my head as to what his intentions are
1: yeah yeah it's gonna it's gonna be interesting and just so it's just so heartbroken when you lose you know an actor that's so phenomenal like this and you're just it's just so many questions that and the questions continue in eight um you know as jamie said and you're just like what are they gonna do you know do they recast you know all that kind of stuff like it's just it's just crazy to think about but yeah, he just portrayed this character so phenomenally there's so many layers that you're just questioning everything you know being a former jedi him turning to this dark side of it so Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, The last thing I kind of want to bring up about episode seven is I want to talk about the fight scene with the night troopers. We had Ahsoka. We got Ezra back. We got Sabine. And I thought that was a cool throwdown scene because you see at one point where Ezra, he refuses to take his um, lightsaber back from Sabine. You know, he's like, uh, and, I, and you're like, dude, what you about to use? Like, you've been hanging out with the turtles, you know, for a minute. It's like, what you get ready to use the fight? Like, how are you going to take all these turtles And he just, bland, like, the force is just, like, the force is strong with that one. Let me just say, like, he goes in. There is no question about him being able to defend himself. And I just thought the scene was so phenomenal to see them all work together. That was Ahsoka and Sabine finally coming back. And, you know, and there wasn't this weird tension that I thought was going to be between them. Because I thought, because, you know, soaking on was happening, even though Sabine doesn't know that she knows. And I'm thinking she's going to be like, well, you know, you're trying to go off and step off and do this. And now we got this spiraling out of control. But they actually had a pretty, you know, cordial, you know, meeting between the both of them. It's not meeting, not much said, but it was pretty cordial. And you could tell they were kind of happy to be back together and, you know, and realize, you know, this relationship that is starting to form. Jamie, what did you think about that that fight scene and then kind of how episode seven kind of wrapped up?
0: I I like the fact that they made Ezra out to be not as good of a fighter as Sabine in those moments because obviously Ezra's been out of commission for quite a while and I don't know exactly how many years, I think it's been at least a decade, that he's been hanging out with those turtles and he mentioned (laughs) that, you know, that they are a peaceful people um, or a peaceful creature (laughs) community, Uh, but, you know, that they, they... that they don't advocate violence so uh he 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 hasn't had I I mean from what I can tell I don't even think he's been trying to train or you know just kind of keep up his fighting skills during that time of hanging out with them so you can tell that he is really rusty (laughs) he's he's really rusty in those fight scenes um but yeah that was just one detail that I noticed where I'm like okay Ezra he he's gonna need a some some more training and uh, catch up a little bit because uh, thank goodness he's got Sabine and Ahsoka there to help him out because I don't think he'd be able to handle it on his own.
1: Yeah, yeah, he definitely needed a backup. He was kind of figured out. I'm surprised, to be honest, I'm surprised he did anything because I definitely thought he was going to hide and just, you know, that's why I think him using the force kind of shocked me the way he was using, even though, like you said, the form needed some work. He definitely mm-hmm. needed a backup. He definitely wasn't going to take them by himself. But I was no. just surprised that he kind of stepped up like, you know, like he still had that fight in him. Because like you said, it's been very peaceful. He could kind of just hide out and chill. He doesn't really know what's been going on since he's been gone. So it was it was kind of interesting to kind of see him jump back into that. Also, I'll mention, we're going to keep using the turtles because I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. But I think it's uh, Togruta, it's T-O-G-R, um, yeah, G-R-U-T-A. So that's from, they're from the planet Shield, I think is how you pronounce it. So, in case you're curious, because we always say the turtles, so in case you're curious what kind of creature it is, yeah, but the they're very cute. <laughs> they're, they're so, yeah, cute. we're, we're going to stick with turtles, but, yeah, they're super cute. Yeah, I always like how they look so worried for Ezra. They're like, oh, I just want to protect him. So, yeah, it's a very yeah. cute little, little little relationship they got going on. So, all right, cool. Well, I guess we'll dive
0: into episode eight. Jamie, you got anything else you want to mention for episode seven? Uh, you know, that that's pretty much all I have to add to episode seven. It, it, it was just... Uh, the building blocks to episode seven really takes us into what we're going to experience in episode eight and I just I loved every bit of the character development that we see with respect to Sabine and Ezra and then how that all ties into their relationship with Ahsoka where we see them all uh together so yeah it it, it was a great episode I I have no complaints
1: yeah, I have no complaints about the whole season, to be quite frank. Like, I just, I wanted more. Like, I always hate, it's like eight episodes, because, you know, they got to, like, put it out there. They got a plan. They don't want to give you too much. But I'm like, oh, ah, yeah. I could have dealt with, like, a couple, like, just give me some more episodes. I would have took, like, one or two more or something. I was like, I hate that it's ending now.
0: <laughs> I know. It feels like it just got here, because it from, what, August 23rd, August twenty 20th- yeah. something it premiered, mm-hmm. and... I know we're in October, but gosh, it just feel like it came and went. Like, it really yeah. feels like the premiere just happened this week, and now it's over, so wild how time ah, flies. I know, but before we start crying, let's get into episode eight. We'll save the <laughs>
1: crime for the end. Um. So, this episode is a title. I had to show the title of, or talk about the title of this episode because I thought it was so cool. The Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord. I thought it was so cool for the title of this episode. We haven't talked about the titles that much, but... They were definitely like straight to the point. They're telling you what's get ready to go down. You kind of bring it back as like your your summation of the of what's going down or what happened in each episode. But yeah, so I thought that was cool. Okay, so the first bit of stuff that I want to kind of jump into is these great mothers, y'all, because they was tripping. Okay, there was a couple thing about these great mothers that I was like, y'all gotta be kidding me. So first of all they transform Morgan like she finally gets her little you know her little beef up her little power up because you could tell something's cooking up because she's <laughs> always like around the great mothers you know what I mean like she got that face like she just ready and you know how hard she's been fighting to get to this point so they give her this transformation and she gets the blade of Talzin and she also gets this really cool well actually it wasn't from her but the great mothers also show their power in the fact of bringing things back to life y'all like these zombie night troopers were insane so I just wanted to I just wanted to kick our conversation off to talk a little bit about the great mothers off the top of this because we didn't talk about them too much our last episode covering this but I think there is some kind of gangster story or something that would be surrounded around these ladies and it was insane like without them Thrawn he's a he's a pretty bad boy in the cell but without them I feel like he would have had some work cut out for him because they were there they had it like Clutch locked down they was going to see this plan going through so Jamie what do you think about the great mothers yeah i mean
0: thron is the brains of the outfit he is the yeah. military strategist so even though he is very powerful and and you know he is a force to be reckoned with he doesn't have the actual when i say powerful he's more like influential right
1: mm-hmm. um
0: but he doesn't have the physical prowess that the great mothers do because they have this black magic power about them where they can do all of these supernatural things he doesn't have that capability so yeah he has to use them in order to forge that part of his influence or of his power um, because really he's just all about strategy and and thinking three times and three steps ahead of everybody else which we find out later on he, he was able to achieve successfully. Um, as far as like, you know, Morgan Elsbeth goes, I, I love the fact that you said she had her power up moment, because that was exactly what happened. And I just thought that the moment where we see her transform, and we see that sword, uh, I, I thought that that was just really cool, that blade, uh, like, this is, I could see her as a video game character, you know, wielding that thing. Um, so that was awesome. And then, like the zombie troopers. Here's here's something funny about stormtroopers, just in general. And you actually yeah. see it very much in Obi Wan. If you guys have ever seen the Obi Wan series, it's so obvious that it's hilarious. The stormtroopers notoriously have the worst aim when it comes to. <laughs> Yeah. When it comes to shooting at their foes, they can never catch anybody. They they're just they're absolutely incapable of doing anything right as far as, you know, being an antagonist. So It was funny to see them in zombie form, because it's like, okay, you guys are already clumsy enough, you guys already aren't really that efficient as stormtroopers, but then to become zombie troopers, you guys are slow, and you know, like, zombies are pretty much easy to kill, because they're, you know, except for the ones in, uh, what is it, 12 Days Later, uh, the other, yeah, 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 gosh forgotten the name of the movie but you guys know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. except for that film where they were like on freaking speed and they were running really fast but like for the most part they're slow and you can catch up with them and they're easy to kill so to see these zombie troopers it was just funny to me (laughs) uh because the stormtroopers just notoriously are so ineffective at capturing and shooting and all of the things that they're supposed to do right with capturing uh, the protagonists which obviously that's intentional because if they were able to then we wouldn't have a story but I, I just find it funny but watch Obi-Wan if you ever get a chance to mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it because those stormtroopers are like so bad at their jobs
1: <laughs> yeah they're they're literally like the distractors you know like you said like it's so bad that it's just like they just throw as many as they can And whoever they're trying, like the villain just throws as many as they can. And whoever they're, you know, whoever the hero is, whoever the Jedi is. And it's like, if you can withstand, like if you got enough stamina and stuff, you can withstand and take all of them out. You could get to the big bad, but you just got to have that energy to get through all of them because they're not going to hit you. They're going to miss, but you just got to have the, you just got to have the tag to get through all of them and still have enough energy to fight the actual villain. So it's always funny to see them, to see them. But yeah, Obi-Wan does a great job of showing like, why are they even here? right <laughs> <What in the laughs> world? so yeah. yeah it sounds good but you know speaking of fight scenes um, uh, I'm gonna kind of stay with Morgan a little bit here um like we said she, she got her power up she got this blade y'all the blade is just like fire literally but it's just like it's dope I can't even be mad because I was just like no they no, they're not getting ready to do this to us but I I gotta be I would be lying if I said I didn't want another Morgan Ahsoka fight because that's kind of what got us in like Mandalorian where we wanted to see Ahsoka come back and we wanted to know, uh, you know, more about the story because you don't get to see two women go at it like that. Like there was nothing like really kind of holding them back as far as like, you know, skill-wise, they were matched up. They both had, you know, blades of some sort. So to get to see them finally have that moment, I thought was so interesting. And as we know, Morgan fought real hard, y'all. She fought real hard, but you know ahsoka ahsoka she was ready y'all and she had the blade she ended up taking her out with the lightsaber and the blade and i was like dang like they were they were ready for this rematch but morgan didn't bring all the power up y'all it wasn't it wasn't good enough because you know ahsoka had a, some backup and some beam. she got a little extra fight at the end and morgan was out so yeah dang, were we sad to see morgan leave
0: i i am i just because i like diana lee and asanto like she's just an incredible actress. She's really nice in person. Uh I thought she did an incredible job as Morgan. So, yeah, I am sad to see Morgan go, but it it was not lost on me to see how Ahsoka took out Morgan in the same way that Obi-Wan took out Darth Maul. I mean, it, it, it not maybe maybe not in the exact same way, but right. The decapitation of her waistline, which we don't actually see the full decapitation like we did with Darth Maul. I know this is very grim imagery for you guys, but, uh, but she <laughs> she essentially was, you know, cut in half. Morgan yeah. Was. Yes. Um. So I was just like, wow, she went out like she got Darth mauled. <laughs> she, she she went out just like he did. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I'm curious to know from, like, the writing perspective. Like, Dave, uh, you know, we, we would love to know. Was that intentional? Morgan's death yeah. to be similar to how Darth had uh, went out? So, but yeah, I, I am sad that Morgan is going to be gone just because I like the actress. So,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're going to miss it. She definitely gave a soak around for her money, but we all know who the real we know who the real villain is that we get ready to fight. So yeah, I guess yeah. she had to take one for the team. I don't know. It's always messed up. Because, you know, and I want to kind of point out, too, um, that, you know, th- throughout the episode, and you can always see when you have that right-hand person that's really supporting the villain in that sense. And you can see this look on her face that it was like she did so much fighting, right? So much trying to put these pieces in place. She went to go find Thrawn. And it was just all of a sudden, it was like she had to sacrifice herself for the Empire which you know yeah. and you know or that Dath- where she was from but you know i guess internally she would have did nothing else you know that would have been her choice no matter what but it just felt like it sucked like i can never be on that side of the story because i always feel like it sucks that you work that hard and it's like you're the last in command you know because it's not like you're gonna be like oh Thorne, you just take the brunt of it let me get on the ship i've worked this hard so far you know the story doesn't work like that so, but to see her have to go out like that was kind of like, oh, it's like, this is why I can't
0: be on the side of the villains. I can root for them, but I couldn't be on their side. The, and there was moments where I wasn't sure if she was going to go all the way with Thrawn. Because there were there were different moments and scenes throughout the episode where she was shooting a look of doubt to towards Thrawn. So I was right. like, is, he, is she going to, you know rebel against him is she going to go rogue in this situation um but inevitably like you said she ended up sacrificing herself for the empire and and maybe that's just the way she wanted it all along but they were they were trying to fool me for a second because she was shooting those looks towards Thrawn, (laughs) like are you sure you want to do this like is this the right decision and you know all of that so yeah i don't know you know
1: i'm a, I'm a miss morgan she put up a, she put up a good fight but you know we we must yeah. carry on to our other uh heroes that are making it happen in this so let's see um we'll, maybe we'll maybe we'll stay with the villains a little bit let's just go ahead and end out because i know everybody's the big thing in this episode was thrawn right and then we'll get back to we'll go back to ezra and sabine and ahsoka because you know we're going to give our heroes their their much respect and put their, some respect on their names because they did the thing but thrawn you guys, he got back. He he got back. I I was not thinking that he was gonna he was gonna be able to do this. But Jamie knew. Jamie knew. Like you know, he was a complete badass and he had this plan going. But I was I was thinking there could be something to stop him because you know, Ahsoka has been on the heels. You know, when she found Sabine and we got Ezra, we got all of them in the same area. I was hoping they could combine pull these Mandalorian Jedi powers together because they fought all kind of stuff to just even get into. You know, the 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 building, the castle, however you want to say it, where he was positioned at his station to just get in there and fight him. And it was just so many things they took on to get there. You know, they even used the force to kind of get on the ship, like to get Ezra on the ship. So I was like, maybe they still got plan. Maybe we still got time. But as the minutes of the episode wind down, it was like, nah, he did it. He did it. So it's, it's just going to be a matter of what's the first thing that's going to hit first. You know, where does he go? you know eventually you know his next moves and then i want to throw out this line that he told um ahsoka where he was like you know he called her um a ronin and you know for, for those that don't know like the Arona was like a former jedi who went against um you know went against the order and uh went towards the sith created the sith so i don't think ahsoka's gonna technically do that she's a rebel but I don't think she's going to exactly do that. But you could see uh, Thrawn trying to get under her skin because he knows he has this plan to to warp off and he's going to, you know, he's going to be gone. And, you know, so and he's going to his plan came to fruition because he's always about um, I think Jamie has mentioned this a couple of times. He's always about the overall background plan. Like he's going to make sure that comes together. He's going to try to stop you, but he knows where his resources are. So he played that real swiftly to be able to come together with that. You know, his final line, final line was long live the empire. So I'm scared. Like he actually got his plan together and we don't know what's going to happen. You know, they were this close, Um, you know, so and Sabine were this close to trying to figure out what was going down and getting close to him. They were like right behind, you know, his, um his ship. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, Jamie, how you feeling? How you feeling about him finally
0: getting his plan to fruition? I like the way they ended it. I mean, I, I saw some discourse online that some people were a little disappointed, but I actually like this ending because it, you know, sometimes the bad guy or the bad guy, the good guy, sometimes the good guy isn't always successful in their mission. Um, sometimes right. the good guys don't always win. And this is an ongoing journey, right? We're we're not going to stop here, but I think some people were expecting. Um, ahsoka sabine and ezra to come out winning in this uh season finale but no i i like the fact that thrawn you know he had his plan he mapped it out he was very successful and he ended up getting what he wanted now how long that's going to last that is a matter that we'll have to figure out in season two but um i just like the fact that you know he was able to succeed on his mission i'm not a fan of that you know, like i'm I'm not for the villains even though he is you know as of last week he was my favorite character i think i've changed characters this week but um but yeah he, he he's just he knows what he wants and he goes after it and as far as him calling um ahsoka ronan you know that was just like reverse psychology because he really knows how ahsoka is and he continues to reinforce how much he knows Anakin, and Anakin is definitely that, uh, but he also knows that Ahsoka is different from Anakin, and um, that poses as a big threat to to Thrawn. So he's doing everything in his power to kind of manipulate the situation, but knowing that overall that Ahsoka is, you know, a worthy and a very... Difficult uh, foe for him to interact with. So, yeah, that I'm I'm glad that you brought that up about Ronan because I'm like, okay, so you trying to call her her master? No, nah, she ain't she ain't nothing like Anakin. She's got way <laughs> thicker skin than that guy.
1: <laughs> Seriously, yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's not exactly. It. Sometimes you deviate as we as we learn as they continue this, you know, master apprenticeship thing they got going on in the Star Wars universe. You learn that sometimes the apprentice is gonna go a little bit off on the master like it's not gonna be exact you know they get they take bits and pieces and kind of transform themselves into you know what they want to be and and who they become but you know speaking of which let's dive into our heroes a little bit here because like I said they put up a good fight they try to do what they had to do but you know we got this new beginning coming regardless of the fight that they put up but so now we have Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine and as Jamie mentioned Ezra is kind of getting more he's getting a little bit more comfortable you know being back in this fight right like he's trying to kind of figure out he's putting the pieces together about what Sabine and Ahsoka have been facing what's really going on with the new republic you know he we open up a scene with him and um and uh Hugh Yang putting back together a lightsaber because he's realizing okay I'm gonna need some weapons I can't just go out here you know all like willy-nilly and just you know shooting at whatever like I gotta make sure I got I gotta get back to my you know Jedi ways, and it's funny hearing them do like an argument over how to build one. And Hugh Yang has been like he ain't new to this game. You know he's trained many a Jedi how to put together a lightsaber, which I thought that was such a funny conversation between the both of them. But just to be able to see him kind of slowly get back into that fight and his moves, and seeing him move throughout the fight with the with the stormtroopers who ain't got no aim, but it was good practice because he's getting his rhythm back. And you know to be able to see him take that final leap you know, onto, to to Thrawn's, um, ship and, you know, try to do his, um, because at first I thought he was trying to do a last ditch effort to try to see if he could stop the plan or what he was going to do. Cause I know he's waiting on Sabine at first, but it was interesting to kind of see his story, how it unfolded and him ended up going, you know, back home essentially. And, you know, uh, popping up on Hera. Cause you know, Hera was ready to take him out. Like they all had the guns pointed. Cause they were like, who was getting up off this ship? Like What is going on? And he had the 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 night trooper outfit on and everything, one that he had taken out. So it was a surprise to her. So it's just going to be interesting, you know, him being back with the New Republic, him knowing what's going on. And I'm glad there's somebody that has some evidence and a sense of what Thrawn has planned because nobody's believing it. Like, you know, you have those senators that are not listening and, and you know, trying to go against the fight, like Jamie talked about in the beginning. So it's going to be interesting to have him there you know, to be able to talk about his story and tell them, like, look, we need to make sure these defenses are right. Hopefully he can get somebody to pay attention, you know, as Ahsoka and Sabine kind of kind of find their way back. But um, I'll pause for a little bit, Jamie, just to kind of get your thoughts on how Ezra's story kind of evolved and the way he, he ended in uh, episode
0: eight. Yeah, I mean, for Rebels fans, I think that this was definitely a geek, geeking out kind of moment because Ezra being able to see Hera and having that reunion was a big deal because, you know, that that's where rebels left off um, and they, they split from each other. So to see Hera, see the Ezra's, you know, alive and well, and he's back um, was a nice reunion. And I, I really enjoyed that moment. I think that uh, one of the things that I also saw online that um, some folks were I shouldn't say some, it was one person (laughs) Um, with respect to the finale was that they wanted more Ahsoka in this episode. And I agree with that, given the fact that the title of the show is Ahsoka. But I also feel like the show is leaning very much into Star Wars Rebels and that this is a sequel or a continuation of that story. And if you followed Star Wars Rebels at all, it is very Ezra-focused. It's Ezra-centric. Um, so hopefully there's a better balance with this uh, Ahsoka series because she is the titular character, and we we definitely want to see how her story arc is formed and how she moves through these missions and not let it be as focused on Ezra as it was in Rebels, uh, so I do agree with that feedback, but um, as of right now, I, I, I do like the ending. I do like how he's been brought into the story and uh, this this reunion of sorts, um, and also his interaction with Sabine and how that impacts Sabine's character, uh, even to a point where she had to choose between getting on the ship with Ezra or helping Ahsoka and she had that moment of making a decision. And I was I was about to be mad at Sabine. I was like, if you get on that shit with Ezra <laughs> and you don't help Ahsoka out, I'm going to be so mad at you. But she, she came through for Ahsoka. So the dynamics that are in play between all of these characters, I think are very important. Uh, but I do hope that season two does focus heavy on Ahsoka, and maybe they'll throw in some tales from the Jedi storylines there, where we get an origin story of Ahsoka's, and we get to see her, you know, as a young kid and a baby growing up. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll see how that all pans out. I mean, it's all by the same guy, so uh, he knows best. But <laughs> but yeah, I I I I I feel very comfortable with this ending, but I do understand the feedback from. Uh, a fellow star wars fan that was like i wanted more ahsoka in this episode
1: so yeah i always want more Ahsoka. like it's not even gonna matter like it <laughs> don't matter what you put her in i'm still gonna want more like jamie said it would be so amazing to do like the tales of a jedi little thing you know garrett origin story you know to for for season two so hopefully they continue to make her like the title of the show's ahsoka so hopefully they continue to make her the prominent you know fixture even though the way Dave Filoni has set this up like it's bananas like it could be rebels it's like all other things that you could go to in the universe of Star Wars it can reset some stuff you know help out with that so yeah he definitely played the game well but yeah hopefully we keep that focus on Ahsoka and for me Ahsoka and Sabine were what I was just drawn to even though it wasn't a lot of it wasn't a lot of Ahsoka because they had so many other stories to flesh out and I think it was only like 40 minutes maybe or so for the episode yeah so they were trying to hit so many things they could but yeah for me I was just I was so drawn in by these by these two women um you know and I just wanted to know like you know their first when they when they got their first conversation about you know the decisions Sabine being made because she does have that super that tie to Ezra and then you were kind of as an audience member, like Jamie said, I was mad when she was helping out Ezra that that other time because I was like, so when are you going to pick Ahsoka? Because I right. get it. Like, I get it. I get that's what you're trying to do. I understand. But it's like this, you know, you should have this pull to your master now. Like, you guys, she's, she's already committed to saying, look, whatever you decide, I'm going to have your back. So you need to, you got to kind of relay that support, which I'm glad she did. Cause I was like, don't do me like this. Sabine," cause I was a fan, but I was getting ready to get real mad. It's like, then, you, you know were. what I'm saying? I was about to be real. I was
0: about to turn <laughs> on Sabine. Like girl, I <laughs> need you to come through for your girl. Um, exactly. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my that's kind
1: of what that was kind of like my favorite. Um, that's pretty much it for me. How I wanted to just touch on that. But yeah, that was just my favorite seeing their relationship um kind of come to that point because you know, Hu Yang, I was like Hu Yang in the beginning, he was like, I've told they don't ever listen to me and I told them to stay together. And so, you know, and then Ahsoka had her moment. You know, going back to some of the fighting where she had them split up, you know, her and uh, Sabina Ezra had to go. We're going to go off and see if they can, you know, get closer to stopping Thrawn's plan. And she was staying there to go after Morgan. And I was like, didn't they tell you how to stop splitting up? So I got nervous in that moment as well. So it was finally good to kind of see them finally start to lean on each other and realize that they have different strengths. You know, Sabina's starting to learn how to use the force. So it was, it was really cool to kind of see that, that combination between their relationship. Jamie, you want to add anything else about Ahsoka and Sabine?
0: Oh, well, about Ahsoka and Sabine? No, I I just, I'm, I'm glad that we get to see this partnership form and mature in this last episode, because, you know, we dealt with Sabine going against her master through a large part of this uh, season. And we're like, we understood that the, her reasons for it which were valid but um also we want to make sure that she's staying committed and loyal to you know the the person that's trained her and um I'm I'm glad that she came through Ahsoka when the time was right and and they they wrote that and crafted that beautifully so uh love the relationship between them and I like the fact that the, the relationship isn't like Simple. It's very complex and and layered and, you know, all of the good things that make, um, you know, a story engaging and interesting to a viewer. So, yeah, I I absolutely love seeing them. And also, I just wanted to add, like, you know, how I said I have a new character every episode that I like. I I do want to just throw out that, yes, I I do like villains because they're just always so fun.
1: (laughs) <laughs> but I, I
0: loved Balin's skull in this in this episode. Balin just really is such an intriguing character, um, filled with so many different dimensions. And just shout out to Ray Stevenson, the great Ray Stevenson, who played this role because it's just his performance is absolutely flawless. And it's sad yeah. that we're not going to see him in season two there you had mentioned earlier about well what are they gonna do with the casting and all of that. And um right now online people are saying that Leah Schreiber, who is in the show Ray Don or was in the show Ray Donovan, um also I know him as Cotton Weary and Scream, but uh <laughs> um he is what fans are sort of asking for um to play Balin's goal. And I mean he does look very similar to Ray Stevenson. I, I think he could pull it off. And there was also a fan that put out a tweet about it. And apparently Lev liked the tweet. So Ooh. yeah, I mean, Leev Schreiber, I think, you know, if the opportunity was handed to him, he would take it and I, I could see it. I could definitely see it. But yeah, they, they obviously would have to recast because Balin is not a character that can go away. Uh, we And yeah. I don't know, the, the way... This is all playing out. It almost seems to me like Balin is going to be a very prominent character throughout this whole series. So, I, I don't think it's going to be like where he comes in and he's like Morgan and she's gone by the end of the season. I think they're going to keep him out, keep him throughout, you know, season two and if there's a season three, like because he's just such an interesting character and he, he plays both, at least what we think. But he seems like he's going to be playing both sides of the fence. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree.
1: He's definitely that that complex character. Because I saw a lot of people online like, are they going to use a digital fix? I was like, please don't do that. I was like, just go ahead and like oh, you know God write the no. piece, Ray Stevenson, but you know, yes, recast. Yeah, just do, um, just
0: do a recast. I the yeah. digital fix thing just seems odd and weird, to right? Me. Yeah. Um, but yeah just do a recast and um you know whether it's leah schreiber or some other actor i think the fans will still appreciate that this character lives on so but yeah i I am gonna miss seeing ray in the role because he's just so good he's so good yeah so good he did such a good
1: job yeah this show i this show was killing it with the cast and everything um um, last thing I want to mention for for episode eight and then, um, you know, Jamie, feel free to jump in for whatever, you know, with whatever you want to wrap up with episode eight with. But um, the last thing I want to talk about is um, Anakin coming back and kind of giving it was almost to me, it kind of looked like a nod of approval. Not like I feel like Ahsoka needed it because Ahsoka was doing a thing, but it kind of felt like it was a, a ending to that story, you know, and, and kind of pointing out some of the good, you know, we all know Anakin's story. But it was kind of pointing out, you know, some of the good he left and the relationship he had with Ahsoka and being able to see, you know, her being able to see that good past the darkness, you know, that he that ended up overtaking him. But I just thought that was a really cool moment, how they kind of ended the, the episode.
0: Yeah, it, it, you know, we see the ghost of Anakin Skywalker as he looks on and it's almost like he's over... <laughs> overseeing and 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 sort of protecting in the in the I don't know in the spiritual realm so to speak uh Ahsoka and her journey so I I like that that nod was there to Anakin I hope that in season two they're not too focused on the Anakin um Ahsoka relationship because even though Anakin is a very compelling and popular and a legacy character of the Star Wars franchise At the end of the day, kind of going back to my friend's criticism, this is the Ahsoka show. So um, we talked about this in that last episode. Star Wars loves to play on nostalgia. And uh, I just want them to focus on Ahsoka's journey, like her origin story that we got in Tales from the Jedi and just focus on like what is her mission and you know how she's impacted by all of the events around her and just focus on her character more than bringing in these other characters um to tell the story so I know that Anakin's a very important presence in her life but at the same time I'd like to know more about Ahsoka and her family and you know how she became who she became even prior to being a Jedi apprentice
1: yeah yeah, I think I think Anakin has served his purpose, so to speak, in Ahsoka's story, and let her do her thing. Yeah, I don't I don't think we need any more flashbacks, connections. I think it was cool for her to be able to have that, you know, live or die sort of moment with him, and then it was like now is Ahsoka's term. I feel like she's, I feel like she's fully developed into the kind of master that she wants to be, and you know, she has Sabine now, so I don't think we need to keep going back and forth, you know, like you're saying, to to back to. Anakin and all that kind of stuff you know it's just like let her have her story and kind of push the the story forward so season two if you guys haven't figured out we want more Ahsoka keep the Ahsoka coming we don't want to deviate okay every episode we want to focus
0: even though y'all might have to throw in a little bit of rebels a little bit of side of rebels in there (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and 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 it's definitely going to be rebel centric because we've got yeah. Sabine, we've got Hera, and we've got Ezra. So I I don't mind that. I, obviously, these characters are very important to the Ahsoka verse. So I, I want there. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I I definitely just want um us to lean in more into her character in season two. So you know, Dave, if you're listening, because I know you listen. Don't <laughs> Uh, but you know, if, if, if anybody that is a part of the series is listening, we just want a little bit more Ahsoka, and we know that they're probably working on writing season two because the writer strike has ended. Ooh-hoo. So woohoo, celebrating that! So I know the writers right now are literally putting the pen to paper and writing out those scripts for season two. So very excited about that. But I did want to end this podcast by asking you a question, Ryan. Uh Because we did a ranking on our last episode about the different Jedi Masters. And there's another ranking, Culture Crave giving them credit for this. They put out a tweet about Star Wars shows. And now that season one is over and done with, Let's do a rating, or a ranking rather, of some of the best Star Wars shows. And we'll just focus on season one. It doesn't have to be overall. So here are the choices, and then you tell me which ones you would rank. So it's five selections here. The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Andor, and Ahsoka. Where would you rank it from one to five? Mm. Okay, my boy, Go
1: So Mandalorian has to stay number one. Ooh, and I just, I just sometimes I get mad because Ahsoka's so good, but I have to <laughs> stick. I gotta stick with uh, Go Groot. So yeah, all right. So I keep Mandalorian at one, and then it's got to be Ahsoka. Now. All right, no, I'm gonna go with Obi Wan. I was gonna say something else, but I, I'll keep Obi Wan there. I'll keep Obi Wan there because um, I forgot the other character's name, but the Sixth Sister wasn't that her, like her? That was the reason for me for Obi Wan to be number three. Cause I if I probably wouldn't have watched it has not been for her act, but I'm forgetting the actor's name. That was uh I Oh so Moses, Ingram. Yeah. Moses Ingram.
0: Moses Yes,
1: Moses Ingram. Yes, yes. That is the reason I gotta put Obi-Wan three. Cause I probably I'm gonna be honest, like she was the big pull for like I had to see where her story was going. Cause I just love like the way she was just like built and you know, there was so much kind of craziness with the fans. So I think she did her thing. Um yeah. now. I don't know between andor and boba fett like boba fett to me felt like it was the wrong time for them to do a spinoff but i haven't seen andor i still haven't watched that one yet so i don't know but i so i guess those would two those would be kind of like yeah i guess i would have to put andor at five just because i haven't seen it but boba fett i definitely think like i love the actor that played it but i think they tried to jump that one off too quick i think it needed some other characters and stuff like that to go along with that one
0: Okay. Now we are similar in that out of these five shows, I have not seen one either. And that's the book of Boba Fett. I haven't seen that uh, in large part because it was kind of critically panned. Like there was a lot of fans and critics that didn't really care for it. And when I was hearing right. all the negative feedback, I was like, should I even get into this? Cause I was, I was late. So after everybody had seen it, And I hadn't seen it yet. And then I was hearing all the negative feedback. I'm like, "Uh, should I take time out of my schedule to watch this? So I have not seen Book of Boba Fett. So I'm going to start in the opposite direction and rate that as number five. Um, Mm -hmm. Number four is Andor. I did watch Andor. Andor, I think, is even though it's very popular with fans, because it was a little bit more of a political thriller and it had a bit of a slow burn... I just kind of wasn't as excited or hyped up for Andor as a lot of other people were. Uh, I, I like to see a lot of action. So Andor didn't have much of that going for it. But it was still a good show. So anyways, that's number four. Number three is Obi-Wan. I'm with you. I love Moses Ingram. I love Reva Sandvander. Um, So she was an amazing character. And also, I just liked seeing uh, the origin story that we saw between obi-wan and anakin and how that played out so that was great uh number two is ahsoka i i i think number one for me is at the mandalorian because that season one was really strong it was a really strong season one and it's hard for me to even you know pit, pit these two shows together because as I mentioned in my review, I still think that Ahsoka is the best Star Wars uh, show, Disney plus show that they have out now. But if we're comparing seasons, like overall, I think the Mandalorian season one is still like top rated so far. Um, so yeah, that that's my ranking. Yeah,
1: I feel like they, I feel like if they just had Mandalorian, then they had Ahsoka, although you do have to, you have to branch out because the Star Wars universe is so vast you know, but, you know, thanks to the wonderful George Lucas, it's so, it's so many things you, so many characters you can pull off of. but if they just got Mandalorian and Ahsoka, boy, Disney Plus and Star Wars is killing it. That's all I got to say, like that first season, like Jamie said, if they just had that first season, you go into Ahsoka, it's, it's just, un it's unbelievable, but yeah, yeah, if there was no Mandalorian, Ahsoka would be number one.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, and I mean, it it's, it's almost like a tie, it feels like, because they're both yeah. such phenomenal shows, but Yeah. I think Mandalorian just was such a game changer for me watching that first season. Um, so I'm curious to see how Ahsoka's second season pans out because season two of the Mandalorian was like even better. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then season three was like, Oh man, what are we, what, what have we done with this? (laughs) Um, so hopefully Ahsoka doesn't have a poor season three, but, um, but yeah, it I it, right now is just a great time to be a Star Wars fan because there's just so Seriously. much content yeah. to, mm-hmm. to pull from. And overall, I really enjoyed uh this first season of Ahsoka. I, I love the production value, like the scenes that they shot. Dothamir, man, that it looked like something straight out of a video game. Like it was so good. Um mm-hmm. you know this like just seeing the costumes and the makeup and obviously the performances of these actors. I mean, this is some next level production style uh, show. (laughs) I can't even articulate it uh, properly, but I I wish that this was a show that we could see on the big screen. I feel like a lot of people would appreciate it even more if Ahsoka was in a theater. For you to watch because it's just so well done production wise so yeah I I I can't there's so many things I could say about Ahsoka that I love and we don't have time for it on the podcast but <laughs> yeah this season knocked it out of the park for me it was great
1: yeah yeah yes yeah, I think they, what they call it like a volume or something like the way they can put those scenes behind the actors so they feel like they're really in it and just amount of money they probably spent you know disney and the the world the universe of star wars probably spent on building something like that so they can kind of bring that like you said that video game feel and you could tell that the actors love to be like you could tell seeing them surrounded by all this stuff how they really get into these characters which i think makes um you know it's so fun as well but yeah if this if this ever hit like a big screen and a lot of people were kind of putting their theories out there of you know, how this could tie into, like, the film they've is supposed to work on, like, the films they have coming up to kind of redo that, because we know they've been struggling in the film department lately. It's uh, for some of these Star Wars films, so they kind of tied in a little bit, but yeah. If they could get, like, the magic of this, of this Ahsoka world, into that, into a film, whoo, I don't know, Star Wars, Star Wars is Star Wars making some hits, they're coming back, so it's it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what, what goes next, but yeah, so yeah, just the cast crew, everybody. Y'all, y'all kilt it and give us another season so me and Jamie can have more to talk about. Hurry up with the yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, I
0: there there's no question to me that there will be another season. I guess the question is when, because obviously the actor strike is still happening. So right. I don't know how that's gonna impact their production schedule. It's good to know that at least there's gonna be some writing happening with season two uh yeah. but yeah I I am curious to know when they uh will plan to premiere that but yeah I, there's no doubt in my mind that we will have a second season of Ahsoka and also I think it did really well like ratings wise on the Disney Plus streaming platform like when it premiered it 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 got in a lot of views so yeah then they ain't, they ain't going nowhere <laughs>
1: I'm glad. I'm glad. So yeah, get these actor contracts right. Cause we want to get these actors back in here. I don't need I, you know, I pre shout out to the droids, but I don't need any more, you know, AI stuff. But like, get these actors back so we can start getting this stuff together. So exactly. you know, so it could be it could be, you know, looking nice and right. And yeah, we're just excited. So yeah, hopefully, like Jamie said, shout out to the writers. I'm glad they finally got their contract straight. Hopefully the actors are not far behind. Cause you know, it's a lot of projects we want to see and um. Yeah. Go and check out. You know, Rebels. Um. Clone Wars.
0: Uh, and I just, just want to add one thing. I, I was just thinking about this yeah. in a world where everything is so heavily CGI focused, and I'm sure that they used a lot of CGI on this show. Right. It, the CGI looks flawless, and it it almost looks as if they use more practical effects for this show than I've seen in like movies. So when you have movies like The Flash that had just some of the worst CGI that I've ever seen, yeah. um, and then you turn around and you see Ahsoka, it just goes to show that you can actually pull off a really good production and it look real and it looks authentic and it's impressive to the viewer and, and you don't have to cut corners like on some of these other you know big Hollywood studio films that come out. So, yeah, I just want to, you know, give my props to the folks that did the special effects on this show because it's very, very impressive. Yeah. Yes,
1: it's it's getting really, I think there's such a flood um, because to your point, Jamie, I've been seeing people comment about that a lot. It's such a flood with some of the major studios, you know, these major films that are coming out where it's just not enough time. Like, I don't know what the you know, what the, what the work dynamics are like, you know, for some of these big studios, hiring these special effects people, but it's just like not enough time. Sometimes I feel like, like James said, the flash, I was like, I can't take it. And it was just <laughs> like, you know, just to be able to, to slow down and take the time to look at the details. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's the deadlines can be go out, which we know how that is. We know it's about the money. But, you know, just things like that where it's like if you could just slow down and take your time, you know, like some of these these Disney Plus shows are doing like Ahsoka did and make every detail, you know, like you could tell they're focused on it. You know, they got this down to a science, you know, the way they mesh like, you know, the tech so well with the actors, you know, nothing looks out of place. Everything is flowing and it's fluid. So, yeah, hopefully people will take note and really pay attention to the way they're, they build this set and the way they work with the actors and everything like that to kind of keep this going forward. Cause yeah, it's been a real like I've been seeing a lot of people online talk about that, talk about effects and just how it's such a quick, you know, turnaround sometimes for some of these films. And it's just like, where is the attention to the detail and the like the draw for us to spend all this money to go to the movie theaters? You know what I mean? So hopefully mm-hmm. they'll they'll start learning from these you know, these, uh, you know, cinema service in a sense in that way, they got some work to do too, but just the way like this, this this studio has put in the work, like Jamie said, for Ahsoka, I hope it's like studied and, and looked at, you know, James Cameron does a pretty good job of it as well, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's frustrating sometimes to put your money into all this stuff, um, you know, and I won't rant about it too much, but it's kind of frustrating to kind of put your stuff, your money into stuff, the stuff that, you know, you want to see the action scenes, you want to see, that's why we go to see these movies, to go, to escape into these different worlds, but the effects and stuff just sometimes don't be hitting. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, it's just not there. So, hopefully they'll, like Jamie said, take some notes, you know, look at this stuff, you know, give some people some time if they can to kind of, like, really fine-tune and detail this stuff so it starts looking better. So, yeah, because that would definitely help, too, with some of this, like, drawing people in and everything.
0: And also, um, I'm just looking up the information as we're speaking because that also has a, a bit of an impact. But I believe that the visual effects people from Disney Studios are trying to unionize. Um, okay. Yeah, Disney Disney and Marvel VFX union, union I cannot say this word, unionization um, okay. is likely to spur more. So th- this is an article that I'm reading from Variety, but I think that that's good that the visual effects workers are voting to unionize because I think that that has plays a role and impacts the quality of these special effects is how you treat the workers and the quality of the workers that are brought into these unions and stuff. So um, I just wanted to mention that really quick because, you know, Disney is uh, a big, huge studio and they put out so many great films and, and TV shows. Their visual effects workers should be unionized. Like that should be a given. So, yeah, yeah. So Unions yeah, for yeah. everybody. You get exactly. It, you get exactly.
1: It, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Start paying people for the work they do. It's not that difficult. Make sure people are getting compensated properly, so they can do their work properly. So they have time. So they feel like they got breathing room. They can take care of their families. So, yeah, stop holding back. Stop being stingy. Let people know that you appreciate their work. I know I appreciate it because, you know, we don't get to review these shows and talk about it without them working behind the scenes. So hopefully people start showing them their respect, get their union on, get some rights going. But, yeah, you know. So, yeah, keep we'll keep our eyes on the unions. You guys keep your eyes on the unions. Keep your eyes on all this Star Wars stuff going on on Disney+. And let us know. Like, we gave you guys our rankings you know, for the shows, for the, the 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 Star Wars shows so far on Disney+, Plus, let us know what you think, you know, give us your one to five ranking on, t- uh, you know, on X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, you know, find Black Girl Nerds and give us your, your feedback, you know, on what you think and what your rankings would be, but yeah, that's a wrap, you guys, that's all we got, Ahsoka is a wrap for season one, we're waiting for season two date, and yeah, and you know, always keep it, you know, subscribe and all the good stuff and, you know, um, follow us on all the social media platforms so you can see what we
0: got coming up next. Thanks so much, guys, for listening and supporting this show. And uh, we will talk to you and chat with you next time.
1: Bye. Bye-bye.
0: The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.